Okay. One, two. Hello and welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah. And I am Brian. And we are back. We're back with more. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Wars. Unprepared Mm -hmm. Star Wars. (laughs) Brian did a poll in our uh, Dorky Diva Facebook group over the past week. I have so many friends. Where he asked all of our friends and listeners um, if he should follow show notes or just keep winging it. That's true. And I have to say something, guys. Thank you. For no. supporting my venture in unpreparedness and off the fly, genuine no. new no. things. No. We did am, it, guys. No. We have dethroned the order that Savannah craves. I'm going to mute your audio when I'm editing this. <laughs> <laughs> I have the power, and I am severely disappointed in 50% of you. <laughs> you are all dead to me. No. <laughs> That's okay. We can be dead. And then we'll take over like an army of the undead. We did it, guys. I am absolved of all responsibility henceforth with until the endeth. Well, now I know who my real friends are. I know all of you by name. And I know who my enemies are by name. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So. It's okay, guys. Have fun trying to get swag at the next Dorky Diva meetup. (gasps) Now that's just hateful. (laughs) My goodness. All right, guys, we're just going to have to start our own thing. You guys are traitors, though. Come on. I mean, I feel like they're being incredibly supportive, and I appreciate it. Of you? That's not what this is about. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Every now and then, uh, I get reminded. uh, And, well, I'm reminded now that 50% of you agree with me. So, ha-ha! Yes. Anyways. Validation. The fifty percent of you that had my back, I love you more than anything in this world, and you are all my new best friends because Brian is off that list now. I mean it it was so easy to get off it though. That's that's what I wanted. It really wasn't. I put up with this for a long time. That's true. That's true. That's fair. Still pretty easy though. I feel like the ground I was on wasn't very solid. So beware, new best friends. And Continue the fight against Jonas. I trust those people <laughs> with my life. Yeah. <laughs> All it takes is a vote against me. Yes. <laughs> Easy oh, peasy. Man. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Jonas. So Mm-mm. over the last week or two, we asked you guys to send in questions over Twitter and Facebook, just like random questions. That's right. Um, and we are going to answer those questions today. And then because we actually had... Star Wars celebration announcements. Um, yeah. We are going to talk about that, and that's going to be our um, schedule today, according to my show notes. Sure, whatever you say, I agree with it. Brian has no idea what any of these questions are, and I just want to nope. like mess with him and be like, "Let's do it." What color poop does Yoda have? <laughs> Probably <laughs> depends on what he eats, but I would imagine it'd be different than ours. Just judging by the digestive system of whatever species he is. So take that serious answer to your joke question. Uh, What else you got? Bring it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's right. So. That's right. Don't dish it um, if you can't take it. We actually have real questions. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Uh, All right. So the first question we have, these are just in a random order. Getting right into it. First question that we have is, which three actors or actresses who haven't appeared in Star Wars yet do you want to appear in either upcoming films or TV shows? Ooh. I want you to go first, because I'm not... 
Okay. Yeah, I have a couple ideas, huh. but I don't know if I have three. Huh. All right. Well, mind you, this is the first time I'm hearing this. So. Yeah. Give me it a is. second. Okay. Here's what I think. Read the show notes. I. <laughs> I. Like lesser known actors to be in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing for me because that's was uh, was always been kind of the magic um, with that, you know, getting lesser known people, it's easier to disconnect because you're not like, hey, I know them from everything. Um, so I was always pretty against big name actors being in Star Wars. But then I watched Solo and Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite actors and Tobias Beckett became like within my top 10 favorite Star Wars characters. So... I guess it can be done with a major actor. I still wouldn't like to see like an A-lister. Like it'd be weird if Brad Pitt showed up in Star oh, Wars, God, I think. No. You know what I mean? Like not him. So, I think I have an A-lister on my Yeah. on my list, but I'll just I'll just I'll um explain it when I get there. Okay. So, I would say three actors, actresses that should be in it. Can I do three of each? Can I do, like three actresses and three actors or do I have sure. to like do three? Okay. Okay. Oh, let's see. Actors, uh, Ben Foster. I would like to see him in Star Wars because he's, I think he might be my favorite actor. Him and Liam Neeson. Really? Yeah, Ben Foster is incredible. I think he's one of the greatest performers of our time. Um, I'd like to see Ben Foster as pretty much anything. He'd be a really good smuggler mm-hmm. um, or like a right-hand man to like a crime boss or whatever. So I'd like Ben Foster. Um, I would like Keanu Reeves. I would. I lo- I've loved Keanu Reeves since like the beginning, like Matrix, Hardball. Like I just think he's awesome, and he does brooding really well, and he's efficient in combat, as we see in the John Wick series. So like, it'd be cool if we got like a post Episode Three during the Purge, Jedi on the run, Keanu Reeves, because mm-hmm. he was awesome in Forty Seven Ronin, and that was a, he was a samurai, so Jedi are based off samurai, so he can do that kind of thing. Um, and then Hiroyuki Sonata, I would love to see him in Star Wars. He's my favorite Japanese actor. He was in The Last Samurai. He's he's in everything. He was Musashi in Westworld. Um, Hiroyuki Sonata, he's awesome. So yeah, I'd like to see him in Star Wars too. So those are the actors. Who are your actors? We'll do actors each, and then actresses each. I I actually don't have any actresses on my list, and well. I only have two actors. I'm just gonna be real with you guys. I don't really know. A lot of that's true. She doesn't look at the acting show notes. No, that's not true. (laughs) Um, I just know like the super famous ones. Um, okay, so who are your actors? Um, okay, I feel like I have to preface this with Uh saying that Uh this first person is a big name actor, and I wouldn't want him to play a lead role in a Star Wars movie. I think Mm -hmm. I would compare it to how you were talking about Woody Harrelson. Yep. Um, and I honestly even think just a cameo would be great. But I want Matt Damon in Star Wars. Really? I love me some Matt Damon. In Star Wars? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, and that's like, what I'm saying. I don't like want the... him in a lead role at all. And I, I don't want him to play a character that we know. But I think just okay. like a little cameo or a very small part, I would be into that. Like face? Or like, yes. like oh, Joseph Gordon, okay, face. not like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Nate, where he's the no, voice. No, 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 face. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's my first one. Interesting. I really love the movie The Martian. It's a great movie. Yeah, I really, I mean, I like all of his movies. Um, 
He's awesome. Yeah. But Good, Star Wars. Good Will Hunting is like one of my all-time favorite movies. Amazing. I love The Martian. Mm-hmm. So I would love him to be in Star Wars, but like I said, not a main role. Um, and then my second one, who I think would be great um, in some sort of like Imperial or First Order role would uh-huh. be Michael Caine. Um, okay. I really like him. I really like him a lot. So those are my two. <laughs> Okay, and your third Brian Balance. Actresses. Perfect. Um, let's see. Michael Caine's pretty good. That's a, that's a good one. I could see that. Mm-hmm. It'd be a little weird because he's like, he's known for playing like really good guys, and have been in that might that'd be pretty cool actually. I think he would be good as a bad guy though. Yeah, I agree. Did you know if you say my cocaine, you're saying Michael Caine in his own accent? Yeah. Just saying. Anyway. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Actresses, new ones, not like, okay, can we get Padme flashbacks? Um, (laughs) let's see. Let's see. Who would I want? What have I seen recently? That would be really good. This is a tough one. I, I, okay. It's hard for me to think of actresses because I, I don't know. It's like hard for me to picture certain actresses in the role of Star Wars. Like I have a lot of favorite actresses. Like I love Emma Stone. I would not want to see Emma Stone in a Star Wars movie though. Yeah, that's that's so the thing that's I'm thinking as thing. well. Like the actresses that come to mind are like the real big A-listers. They're like, oh, that'd be yeah. really cool. But then I'm like, I don't know. Because that's the big thing with Star Wars is you don't want to be like, hey, it's that person from that. You know what I mean? Right. Like you don't right. like, I love Brie Larson. But if she was in the next Star Wars, I'd be like, Captain Marvel's in Star Wars. It's like, no, you want to be yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, I don't Wars. think I would want that at all. You know, I think Brie Larson's amazing, but in Star Wars. Like, I'm kind of nervous, and I adore him. I think he's incredible, but I'm kind of nervous to see how Dominic Monaghan's going to be a nine. Because mm-hmm. he was, you know, Charlie and Lost, and he was Mary in The Lord of the Rings. Like, mm-hmm. big, oh, big roles. So. Here's someone. I could see her as more of a character like Connix. Um Okay the like the person I have in mind that I'm gonna say I, I picture her in that type of a role but I really like Anna Sophia Robb um okay I think she would be kind of cool in a role like that I don't know if I would see her in a leading role I I really like what you said about having lesser known actors play yeah Star Wars characters because I think that's why we all like Daisy Ridley so much as well because yeah nobody knew about her really and even John Boyega had only done like yeah. Attack the Block beforehand yeah. You know what would be cool? Catherine Winnick. I would like Catherine Winnick a lot. I don't know she, who that is. She is uh, Lagatha in Vikings. She's like the main chick. I'd like to see her in something. She's really, really cool. Oh, I just looked her yeah. up. She has a very cool look. Yeah, she's a badass. So I'd, Catherine Winnick would be cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Who are some other ones that would be it's like lesser known? All the people known. that I can think of are just like totally, they would not fit in Star Wars. Like, I don't want to see Amy Adams. I don't want to see like Zooey Deschanel. I don't want to see like yeah those types of people. Mm. Yeah, like Jennifer Lawrence would be weird in Star Wars. Yeah, no way. It'd just be a strange thing. Yeah. Who would be good? Hmm. I don't know. This is a tough one. Yeah. This is- I think this is where we would want lesser known people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd like lesser known regardless, but if I had to choose these ones, it'd be these ones. Yeah. I mean, I would like Catherine Winnick. Catherine Winnick would be really cool. I'm trying to think of what other shows I watch that I really enjoy that I think, oh, this would be a good fit. Because it's a weird, like, almost unspoken quality where you're like, oh, this person is Star Wars. 
You well, know what I mean? Also, I feel like it's about being um, like where you can fit in many different roles. Whereas yeah. I feel like a lot of female actresses are typecast. And yeah, I don't for sure. like that. I mean, it's fine. But I like people that are in Star Wars who can play many different roles. Sure. Sure. I mean, that could be down to, you know, writing. They could just write roles for them. But it's more like right. the actor's presence you know what I mean? Like, can you see this person as something else? And that's kind of the believability of the cast. I'm mm-hmm. trying to... Who else? I'm going to give some real thought to this one. Because that's a good question. So, for we named the actors. Actress, I would like Catherine Winnick. I think she's she's top of the list for me. Okay. And that's, that'll be... When I'll, I'll continue to think about it. Um, you know, I'm going to go against what I just said about Dominic Monaghan. Because you know what? Liv Tyler might be kind of cool in Star Wars. That would be cool. I think that'd be really cool. Because she, yeah. I mean, she's a major character in the Lord of the Rings series, but ultimately a supporting minor character in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Liv Tyler yeah. could be cool, like an alien queen or another oh, Jedi. Yeah. yeah. I'd like yeah. that. So Liv Tyler's my number two. All right. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Two out of three. I'll, I'll hmm. keep thinking. We can thinking. come back to this too. We'll come back when I figure the third one out. But yeah. Catherine Winnick and Liv Tyler. Would be neat. Yeah. Cool. Um, the next one is a little <laughs> similar. It is, with the next set of films being developed by the Game of Thrones guys, who would you want to direct these films? Maybe we can get a female director. Hmm. Was that your answer or part of the question? That was part of the question. Okay. What do you think? Um, this is another one where I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> because when they <laughs> announce directors, I'm just like, who dat? <laughs> I mean, obviously I knew like J.J. Abrams, but I didn't know who Ryan Johnson was. Gotcha. I did. So, I'm a massive Looper fan. Yeah, I'm not. I. So when it comes to series stuff, uh, it's different, you know, because like The Mandalorian has like six or seven different directors. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot. I get a little nervous with stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. just for th- sheer cohesiveness. Um, especially within the confines of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, there are like, I would say there's more, I can give you a better answer of who I wouldn't want to direct them. Because I, my thing, we've talked about this before, is like, I don't want somebody's version of what they think Star Wars is. I want Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have like the golden standard of trilogies with the originals, four, five, and six, three different directors, but they all feel 100% cohesive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, this is this person's Star Wars. This is this person's Star Wars. I just want Star Wars. So that was why initially I was really uh, kind of um, taken aback by Taika Waititi mm-hmm. directing an episode of The Mandalorian because I love Taika. I think he's amazing. He has a very specific voice. Mm-hmm. He's very referential. Like his humor is top notch, but he's always good for the joke. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars was never self-referential kind of winking at the camera you know what i mean and that's something taika's very very good at like korg korg in endgame is wearing taika's outfit from the red carpet mm-hmm. like there's that kind of meta yeah um so i would like something like that i mean i kind of want them to direct it i mean is that weird like if you're if you're writing it i would like a cohesive thing maybe because george lucas came from it george lucas wrote and directed the prequels mm-hmm. Like, if you can... But I, I do think that the films not directed by George Lucas are the best, in my opinion. Yeah? Oh, as far as the OT or just in general? Yeah, the original trilogy. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, George I was think, always like... 
I mean, like, I think he's a great director, but I think he's a much better writer. And I think it's a lot better when he he has someone to, like, take his ideas and shape them a little bit. Sure. With him there as well. Yes. Like, he's still in control, but I just, I don't know. I think episodes five and six are really good. Oh, I love them. I I mean, six is my favorite. And I think the character chemistry is a lot better in those movies than in the prequels. And I think that might just be from his direction. Okay. Okay. I don't think it's the actors. I, I honestly think it's his direction. Okay. Um, I think it would be cool if Filoni and Miyazaki worked on an animated show together. Yes. One hundred percent. I want to see Filoni do everything. Like Well, of course. I mean, honestly, the... yeah. I want him to direct a full All length movie. Yeah. I, I I want him to like scrap everybody and just let yeah. Filoni be the new George Lucas. Like he's yeah. literally George Lucas's apprentice. Yeah, I know. Like that, <laughs> like that dude knows Star Wars better than anyone except for George Lucas. Yeah. So that's why I love his. That's what work I really want <laughs> the most in all of Star Wars. Like I like Filoni's contributions to Star Wars more than anything else, honestly. So Especially now. Like so his actually, stuff is yeah. My favorite. That that's our answer. We want it to be directed by Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah, all I think it. it would be so cool though to have some sort of like cute animated show you know maybe geared a little bit towards kids not in like a corny way but just in a in a story way mm-hmm. um like with, resistance no or like forces of destiny i think more of forces of destiny in my opinion personally i think resistance is a little more corny i don't really see miyazaki doing a show like resistance oh right right, right. yeah no, no 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 he's way more nuanced yeah, so I think the two of them working together would be really cool. I agree. I would love. I agree. That. Yeah, I'd like I'd like Dave Filoni to direct everything. I mean, I'm ex- I hope for the for the Game of Thrones guys. I hope they do something old Republicy because mm. it's knights and it's like in their wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Like I don't mm-hmm. know how I'd feel about them experimenting. Um, Somebody's asking about that in a little bit. So let's talk about okay, that cool. more in a few yeah. minutes. That question cool. a little later on. Okay, then I'll pause that part. Um, yeah. I do hope we get a female director. I hope we get a female writer. Like We need what? more female writers. Like, For me, having like a, female a female director to me is not as important. Female writers is way more important to me. Like that's that's yeah. where it all stems from. If you have poor writing, it doesn't matter if a female's directing it. You're still working off of crappy writing. Whereas it's we true. need women writing these things. And yes, I think women need to be involved in the directorial process, but it you really have to have a solid story first to direct. I agree. Like, I agree. Ugh, that's what's so uh, frustrating I mean, I about just, the Game of Thrones guys, in my opinion. Like, I don't want them writing Star Wars. I would just like to see, like, a woman make Star Wars beginning to end. Like, woman writer, yeah. woman director, like, just give them a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, for me, as a woman, like, I don't even care about that. I just want there to be a female voice in the room when they're working on things like this because it does change the outcome and i think in various star wars projects lately we've seen that there are some things that have come out that involve absolutely zero women and they turn out to be probably some of the most disgusting pieces of content ever star wars are not like it's just terrible so I just want women to be involved in the writing process, in the editing process, um, and don't ever let John Kasdan touch Star Wars again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. 
That took a turn. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't want him ever involved in Star Wars again in any capacity. Yeah? Personally. Yeah, but, he, no. but he wrote Solo, which was great. Yeah, but the things that he put in Solo are the things I don't like about Solo. Do we know for sure that he put those things in Solo? Yes. That it, like it wasn't his dad? It wasn't both of them? Well, his dad is the one that probably tried to steer it in the right direction. Okay. I like Lawrence Kasdan a lot more. Okay. I mean, we'll, he's given we'll us more. We'll get into that another time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'll be another show. Yeah. <laughs> I Don't can want feel him the involved, though. <laughs> I can feel the waters heating a little bit. There need uh, to be more women involved. I agree. In the show. I agree. Like I said, I want them, like, involved entirely. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah. Like, because that's another thing. Like, a director... Especially within the confines of a series, like they don't have as much liberty to do what they want. They right. can put their sort of flavor on it, but ultimately you have to service the show. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a movie, you have much more creative freedom right. to make those sort of, you know, black and white decisions. Especially when there are movies like Rogue One and Solo where they do have to fit within a time frame, but you can really yes. do whatever you want. I think it's it's probably a lot more difficult to write the Skywalker saga movies just because they are, Absolutely. are such important story beats that you have to have and like so much writing on that. Yeah. I would love for a woman to write and or direct um, a standalone film and who knows if they're going to continue standalone films because I know that was like kind of put on pause but um i think that would be really cool because then they could have a lot more creative freedom Um, i agree and i think there's still a lot more pressure because then you have to like make money and prove at the box office that it was worth the time and the money but in terms of the story constraints um i think it would be really cool to just let a woman have free reign and write something really cool like that Let's just let Claudia Gray write something. <clears throat> oh my God! Yes, see that so would that, be really great. She gets it. She understands. I think she Star does Wars. too, and that would be really great. Man, that would be so cool. I would love that. I would right? love that so much. Get her to write a story. Have somebody else adapt it, and boom, we got it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, we need. I'm a hundred percent down with this. That's what we need. Let's start a petition. <laughs> That's right. Like I would also, I would like to see somebody that like. We're at the point now where, you know, there is definitely a supply and demand market economy that we're working on with, mm-hmm. you know, Disney and shareholders and all this stuff. Like, it's it's the reality of the situation. But I would like to see the trend continue that the people working on it are precious with it mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like, oh, well, we made a movie that made a billion dollars, so here's Star Wars. You know what I mean? I don't know if we'll... I mean, I think... I guess at some point we probably will see that just because Disney is such a money-making machine. Yeah. But right now I feel like the people that do and have worked on Star Wars, even though I disagree with like some of the people that have worked on Star Wars, I still think that they care. It's just yeah. that they have a different perspective than I do, which sure. is fine. Um, but I think everybody that's been involved still really cares. But that I am worried about the Game of Thrones guys because I that's just don't what I'm know saying. if they care. I don't know. Exactly. Like they <gasps> held... i'm so worried about that i'm so worried about them i i agree um <sighs> in the sense that like you know they to be fair on paper they have 100 percent earned it they helmed the most successful tv show in history but you know like the story i exactly and it showed in those last couple seasons That's the uh, but <laughs> with but with that it's like you can't on that note you know the Song of Ice and Fire series is my favorite book series of all time. I'm mm-hmm. a massive, massive, massive fan of the books. And you can't adapt something that good 
you just can't. It's no. not going to be anywhere near as good. So that was their attempt to kind of, oh, well, what if this was the end? What if this was the end? And George R. R. Martin's just like laughing. Like, you, yeah. you can't do it. You know what I mean? So that, I don't necessarily hold it against them because they are not George R. R. Martin. There was no, no way they could have done it correctly. No. But if they're given the shot to completely come up with their own thing, they won't be what would them. it be like? You know what I mean? As opposed to like getting a tool somebody invented and trying to do your best with it. It's not going to be as good as the guy that made it because he knows everything about it. But you can like, I mean, it still did the job, right? So if given the reins from the very beginning to write their own story, what would that be like? So that that's the only shred of hope I have. But at the same time, they got this because Game of Thrones was successful. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, you did my this, so you did this. Is Game of Thrones was successful for a lot of reasons, and they are a totally. part of one of those reasons. They are not the reason. Absolutely. I mean, they Abs- had I feel so that way about many everything. incredible people working on that show. And it's it's interesting. I think when they were announced, I don't think I had watched Game of Thrones yet. Right. Or maybe I had just started watching, because I didn't watch Game of Thrones until like two years ago. Yep. So, um. Maybe I hadn't seen it yet. But anyways, I I definitely have opinions about them now. Whereas then (laughs) I didn't have opinions, but I knew a lot of people had opinions. And I was like, why? What's going on? I don't understand. And now after going through the entire series and then watching the final season, I'm just like, oh my gosh, get their hands off Star Wars now. Like, don't (laughs) touch it. So I have very low expectations and hopes for that because honestly, I feel like they need a team of people to guide them. And then essentially it's really not going to be their work. It's going to be this team of people telling them that's a really bad idea or no, you should really do this or, oh, we're going to write this part for you because you suck at this. And I don't, I just don't think it's going to go well because like you said, after watching all of the seasons that were based off of the books, um, they did a great job adapting them. But like you just said, they are not story makers. They are not writers. They did not create this world they are going to have to adapt something in Star Wars that already exists and potentially isn't canon anymore. Like a lot of people are talking about the Old Republic. I yep. mean, I guess I guess maybe we should just go ahead and answer the question now that I told you we would answer later. <laughs> Let <laughs> okay. me just read it and then we'll talk about it. We'll get to it okay. now since we're already on that track. Um, so somebody asked, what do you hope the new trilogy is about and would you want them to be connected to the Skywalker saga or be completely separate? Personally, um, this is my answer, not in the question. I <laughs> I would want them to be completely separate. I don't want them to be connected to the Skywalker saga because I don't want them to taint the Skywalker saga because I'm so nervous about them being involved. <laughs> don't taint it. Don't taint perfection. Um, and I don't really think it needs to tie into the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we've like... We, we're, we've told that story. We're about to wrap that story up. You know, like I'm ready for some new stuff. I'm ready for new people new stories um what do you what do you hope it's about uh i agree i i i hope it's the old republic i really do i like that idea of the formation of the republic of like the sith when they were a people as opposed to like an elusive one two-man team you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like back when back when they were like macro like i would if i could choose i would love to see the mandalorian wars Mm-hmm. Like I want to see that. I want to see the Mandalorians just start invading planets, and then it took the Jedi to stop them. Like yeah. that's some cool stuff that you can really dive into, and that's what I hope they adapt. Because with like the action sequences and stuff from like Battle of the Bastards and the Battle of Winterfell and stuff, like if you get the right team involved, 
I would like to see that. It's in their wheelhouse. They're just painting it Star Wars. And if yeah. with the help of Lucasfilm, I think they can make something that can be good. Just whittling it down to the bare bones and building off of it with the help of Lucasfilm as opposed to like free reign, you know? Right. Um, I do hope it's totally separate from the Skywalker saga yeah. for the same reason. I think that's, I mean, that's Star Wars. Right. Every, everything else is supplementary. Episodes yeah. one through nine are numbered for a reason. Yeah, don't touch them. Exactly. <laughs> don't go near them. Don't talk about exactly. them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Keep their names out of your mouth. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would like to see that. Um, from from them specifically is the question, or just in general. It it just says in general. I mean, it just says what do you hope the new trilogy is about? But I'm assuming that what if they're talking about the Ryan Johnson trilogy? It could be, and that's what I want to address real quick. Yeah. Everybody keeps talking about the Game of Thrones guys are doing a trilogy, but uh, to my knowledge, series. yeah, that's never been confirmed. They've never said the word trilogy. They just said a series of movies. Yeah. So, so we don't might, know how many hell, that's going to be. They might be. do their own saga. Yeah. We don't know how many that's going to be. I don't really care. Ryan <laughs> is doing a trilogy. That yes. has been confirmed. So let's make that clear. <laughs> yes. If okay, so let me so let me go back. So let's assume it's the Ryan trilogy then. Well, hang on, because I wanted to mention something about something that you said. So okay. you said that you would want them the the Game of Thrones guys to do the Old Republic. Yes, cool if they had that. to do something. I'm cool with that because I don't know a lot about the Old Republic. I'm not attached to it. I know a lot of Star Wars fans love the Old Republic, and if the Game of Thrones guys somehow tainted that then it would be very hurtful to them. But for me, oh, that's a time era that I don't know about a, like a whole lot. I don't particularly care about a oh whole lot just because I don't know about it. If if they were saying, oh, um, the Game of Thrones guys are writing a series of movies about Cad Bane, I would be like, I, I would be distraught. I would be like, no, 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 no. Don't touch something that I love. Don't do it. Because I'm already so nervous about them being involved in Star Wars, period, that if they were to be involved in something that I very much care about, I would be really upset. So that those are my thoughts on them. Um, Ryan, I want Ryan to do something totally weird and trippy, like forcey weirdness Same. stuff. Because I already think that he went a very weird direction, and that's fine i didn't really care for it in the terms of the skywalker saga but i think if he did something that's very disconnected from the skywalker saga and it was super weird and trippy i would be fine with it because it would be with brand new characters that i'm not familiar with characters that i'm not attached to places that i'm not attached to blah 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 um sure and i think that would be really cool like i, I know um i don't know who like announced this or confirmed it or whatever but i remember in the last year, there was an article shared about what George's original idea for 7 through 9 was. And I think they said it was going to be a lot more like 4C-centric and about like midichlorians and things like that. Right. Uh, His like original treatment thing. Yeah. And yeah. I would I would like to see something like that. Um, from Ryan. From Ryan. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I want to see the Bendu live action. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sp force moose space moose space moose yeah i would i mean in the sense that like i agree weird force stuff like let him go in it's like i, yeah. I, I mean i talk and about I don't that all the time see characters that i know i think that's what makes me upset when 
uh, stories don't go the way I expect them to is when it's with characters that I already care about. So like, for example, I think you guys already know, I really liked Rey in The Force Awakens and then I really didn't like her in The Last Jedi and it kind of turned me off to the sequel trilogy because I felt like my interpretation of that character was changed. And I know a lot of people disagree with me. That's totally fine. But that's just how I felt. Um, Mm -hmm. And if he were to put a character in a trilogy, like, like, for example, if he did a a trilogy about Ahsoka, I don't think I would be okay with that. Like, I really don't. Um, Okay. I would want Filoni to do an Ahsoka trilogy or something with Ahsoka. So I don't really think that I want Ryan to be using characters that I'm familiar with already. I want him to introduce brand new characters and then do whatever he wants with them. Because then up front you have this expectation of, oh, okay, this is this character and this is how they're going to be because Ryan is writing them. Whereas I felt like between episode seven and eight, in my opinion, I felt like the characters changed a lot. Okay. In my okay. opinion. That's fair. It's fine. Judgment. I know you disagree. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we disagree on everything. Yeah, it's fine. I don't <laughs> Welcome care. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I actually mostly agree with you. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. I, would, I know. Us. <laughs> I would love to see him do new characters. I would love to yeah. see... I mean, look at Rogue One. Arguably yeah. one of the best Star Wars movies Ugh, they're ever going to make. It. All new characters. You know, yep. with like... With the exception of like Bale and Mon Mothma. Right. You know, it's like... And that was just to tie it in. Right, and they like, didn't. I, I mean, they didn't even have massive parts, and their characters were exactly the same as we had seen them before. Exactly. And, oh my gosh, that would be. That's exactly what I mean. Like I fell in love with the characters from Rogue One. I love same. those characters more than life itself. Love them, and if he were to introduce characters that were completely new, I would just love that so much. But don't kill them off so quickly. I know. That hurts. I know. <laughs> But so like if you were going to have if if you could choose what timeline uh Ryan Johnson's trilogy took place when would you want it to be? Um totally not within any of the spectrum from 1 to 9. I would want it to be way 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 before or like way 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 after. Okay. Um I okay. I'm a little exhausted with the time frame we have now just because there's so many pieces jammed in there now like we have Episode one, episode two, Clone Wars, episode three, Rebels, Solo, A New Hope, Empire, you know, Return of the Jedi. And then we have all the books that go between Return yeah. of the Jedi and Force Awakens. And sure. now we have, we even have a book now that is between episodes eight and nine. Like, I feel like every gap hasn't been filled completely, but it's been filled a lot. And I'm just like ready to get away from it. I'm ready to see something totally fresh and unfamiliar and new and just completely different. I eventually would love some sort of story that takes place between episodes one and two, like on screen. Yeah. Um, But I don't really know if I want that in like a movie trilogy. I think it'd be cool maybe in like a show. Um, But sure. as far as Ryan's trilogy, I, I just want something super freaking weird that I have no care for. And if I end up liking it, great. If I end up hating it, it doesn't even matter to me because it's not with a time, a character, uh, whatever that I already know and love. It's just like something totally new. Did you read Catalyst? Yes. How cool would it be if we got something that was like a series around somebody who is like Lyra? Yes. I just like a geologist Lyra. that's like aware of the force, but just kind of yeah. believes in it and then just goes around the galaxy studying rocks. Yeah. And then gets wrapped up in everything else going on. Yeah. I mean, I'd be cool with that. 
That'd be neat. Yeah, I would love that. It is interesting, like you're saying, there are so many pieces jammed into the timeline of one through nine, Mm -hmm. but I feel like they're tiptoeing so close to what we already know that like, I mean, there's like a 20 some year gap between three and four and we've hit just before four Mm -hmm. and then a little after three. There's like Mm -hmm. a 10, 15 year gap there that like we've been afraid to acknowledge before now because it's like, oh, we kind of know what happened, whatever. Like, that's why I'm so excited for Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Because that's within there. Like, what does it look like from a planet side? Like, Rogue One. That's another reason Rogue One is so good. Mm -hmm. Because you see, like, uh, uh, Wobani. You know, you see a giant Mm -hmm. clone tanker going through the thing. You're like, okay, cool. That's from the Clone Wars. So, like, I would like to see more of that transition. What it's like to go from a Republic to an Empire from, like, a day-to-day standpoint. Like, Fallen Order. You see Kashyyyk, which we've never, like, really dived into. Uh, and then you'll get to see it like half Imperial installation. So like, I, I want to see the dark times. I would like to see dived into even more, but like not so close to everything else. Like it's been mm-hmm. like that lull when there's no hope in the galaxy at all, you know? Yeah. Like we talked I'm about not, it before. I'm not sure if I'm like super interested in that personally. Yeah. I just want, I just want more Jedi stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> the, cause this, the, the prequels were all about Jedi, but it was mainly about Obi-Wan and Anakin. Right. You know, it wasn't like the grand scheme of Jedi. Right. You know, so I want to know, like, that's why I love Master and Apprentice. And, like, even Dooku, Jedi Lost, was another one that really dived into, like, the day-to-day of the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. So I want to see stuff like that. Yeah. Like, more more inner workings of that. Because, we've like, Obi-Wan talks about them in Episode 4. You know, they're the greatest warriors ever and blah, blah, blah. Like, what was that like on, on a macro level? And I would be from cool with that in a show format, not a movie yes. format. Yes, 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 I agree. I oh, agree. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just the want the movies wanna... to go to a completely new time era. Yeah. Um, with I'm down completely with that. new characters. And honestly, uh, going back to the Game of Thrones, guys, if they do the Old Republic, um, I don't know if I want them to fully adapt the characters that we know. Like, I'm not super familiar with that era, but I know, like, Bastilla Shan. quite familiar. Oh, yeah, Bastilla is awesome. Bastilla? Yeah. I don't know if people would be cool with their interpretation of her. So it's like, just maybe well, not. The, <laughs> and I also, the, I mean, she would be a very controversial character. Yeah. Because she's like a badass woman that wants no help from anybody. Yeah. And then you would get crazy people from one side being like, she's too much. And they yeah. just put this in here for that. But then she also like can be the love interest in the game. And you're like, they just did that because it's a man. Like. Yeah, just leave it out so we don't have to hear that whining. (laughs) People are a little too sensitive for a creature like that. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd I'd be interested in like Old Republic. Like what was it Mm -hmm. like then when the Jedi were everywhere, but Mandalorians are going and the Sith are creating artifacts and being a species and I don't know. I'd like to see. Because we've mentioned before that like we we like new things, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I also really like when things that haven't been explored yet but yeah. have been mentioned are explored. That's what yeah. I loved about Clone Wars. That's my favorite thing too. So I'd like to see that in movies. Yeah. Like that's another thing Fallen Order is talking about. Like we're going to a ton of different planets and like some that are mentioned. It's like, oh dude, yes. Show me these things. Yeah. You know? I think my favorite thing about Star Wars right now is the fact that I don't have to be into everything. Um, yeah. Like I remember when I f- first became like a full-fledged Star Wars fan uh when i like watch the clone wars every saturday 
I remember I felt like I needed to be involved in everything going on. Like I also played a lot of video games at that time. Um, and I don't think I was really immersed in the books, but I knew what was going on at least in the books. Like I would read reviews and synops, you know, like read a synopsis about a book and things like that. Um, but now I think the great thing is that I don't have to be into everything because there's just so much that if I was into everything, it, I mean, I have, I would have like no personal time. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> also, confirm. also now there are just things that aren't really relevant to my interests and that's totally fine. Like I really liked Forces of Destiny, but I don't particularly like Resistance. So I don't watch Resistance, but that's okay. And uh-huh. it gives me more time to, um, you know explore things that I am interested in and Mm -hmm. I don't have to be involved in every single conversation about Star Wars right now because I'm not even aware of some of the things going on in Star Wars right now and I'm okay with that and I'm okay like with the Game of Thrones series and with Ryan's trilogy you know those might be two things that I totally am not interested in at all but I might be super excited about whatever's happening on Disney plus and I'm fully ready for that like Obviously, I'll I'll watch the movies that come out. I'm not going to not go see a Star Wars movie. But if I didn't care for it when I walk out of the theater, I think I'll be okay. And I like that because it's there's it's just healthy. so much. It, there's just so much to talk about. Like if you don't like something, you can still talk about the things you do like. And there's just so much to choose from. Like it's crazy. So that's yeah. like I, I, I get heated on the microphone and be like, oh, I don't want those guys <laughs> to touch Star Wars. But like the reality of it is if I don't like it, it's fine because there's so many other things that I can enjoy. So. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a very healthy, it's a very healthy, logical way of looking at things. <clears throat> I have I, to, otherwise I get crazy. <laughs> I am crazy. So I'm like, I need to read and watch everything because I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and then I ask you, tough. hey, Brian, what happened in that comic? that And I'm like, this, about? this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I need you to keep that up so that I can ask you questions. Done done to keep well, me around i still have uses <laughs> <laughs> do you want to move on to the next question Are we good with uh, that one yeah I've, I've already forgotten all the questions so i hope you've Great. got the answers <laughs> yeah i do okay good. um okay so the next question is what do you think the runtime will be for the new episodes of the clone wars with it being for oh. a streaming service they could really steer away from the two 22 minute tv slot would you support longer episodes or prefer the traditional 22 minutes this is such a great question. I did not think of this at all prior to reading this. And I'm kind of on like two opposite sides of the playing field. Like I think the Clone Wars team learned how to work really, really, really well within 22 minutes. Um, And they were able to tell stories over multiple 22 minute episodes like that's kind of how they used it to their advantage but also like some stories just fit into 22 minutes perfectly and they did a great job with that um I think because we pretty much know what's happening as far as the arcs in these 12 episodes I feel like they might not be longer than 22 minutes it sounds like they're we're just getting what three arcs Bad Batch like Ahsoka and then Siege of Mandalore And so if each of those arcs, you know, like got three to four um, episodes or if one of them even went longer than that, I I think that would be enough of 22 minute episodes. I think if we had like three 45 minute episodes of the Siege of Mandalore, I think that would be too much time. Honestly, I think Dave and his team are just really great at making the stories concise, showing us what we need to know 
in the time slot, but I really, that's really cool to think about. Just thinking about, um, I mean, obviously with The Mandalorian, I don't think we're going to have 22 minute episodes. So that's going to be cool to watch a Star Wars show that is not confined to that time frame anymore. Yeah. I agree. That's cool. Do you think I, it's going to be within the 22 minutes? Uh, I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why why break the golden standard? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, ju- just to do it, just to do it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, don't get me wrong. I am all for, I'd like them to be hours long. Like, Clone Wars is incredible. But it's like, the show was 22 minutes it. long. Yeah, I don't think they I need agree. It. I agree. But so. I think in future shows, you know, that might be a really cool... Even animated shows, not just like The Mandalorian animated shows, it might be cool to see some longer episodes. Yeah, oh, for sure. I bet The Mandalorian is going to be an hour each. Oh, yeah. I think so, yep. too. Yeah. I think so, too. I'm excited. So I'd be that. down with longer episodes, but I don't think they will be. Yeah. I think if uh, they were trying to squeeze in more story arcs into this last season of The Clone Wars, we would need longer episodes. Um, but they are giving us fewer arcs than I personally expected. So yep. I think they'll just stick to the time slot. But that was I it's really cool to think about that though. I like that question a lot. Yeah, I do too. That's a good one. Yeah. Um the next question is what makes a great Star Wars acting performance? And they also said, I feel like I know it when I see it, but I have difficulty defining it exactly. What makes a great Star Wars performance? Mm-hmm. Acting performance. Huh. Um I wanna answer this first. <laughs> Please do. Because I think you need to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I connect the most with Star Wars characters that have amazing chemistry. And not just like romantically, but also with their fellow cast members. Like, I think Diego Luna and his chemistry with all the other actors and actresses in Rogue One was amazing. And the way he played off of... Alan Tudyk as K2SO like they just worked so well together um I also think of Alden Ehrenreich and Amelia Clark they worked really well together even Felicity Jones and um Diego Luna together they worked really well off of each other um I think Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen worked well as like a master Padawan dynamic I think for me the actor or actress just has to like really play well with others. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any actors or actresses that I feel like didn't capture that. And I had a hard time getting their performance. Oh, okay. You're totally going to disagree with me. Natalie Portman is one of them. Like I, I know, I know, I know everybody's going to hate me right now. But, oh, here we go. But yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't have a lot to say cause I don't want to piss off everybody. <laughs> But, um, and, and again, I think this might be on the directing more than on her. It might be on the writing and directing more than Mm -hmm. on her acting capabilities because I have seen her in so many other things and I think she's great. She's amazing. I think in, in Star Wars, I just didn't really care for her performance at all. And I think that's why growing up, I know a lot of women were like, oh, when I was a girl, I loved, you know, Padme and oh, Padme was my favorite character growing up. And for me, that was not the case. And I did not like Natalie Portman in Star Wars. Um, And I just feel like her chemistry with Hayden was really awkward. And just with other characters, it was really weird. I don't know. I, Hmm. I, 
I don't know. I just <laughs> I just think that there are a lot of other performances in Star Wars where they really do work well with each other. Um, and she is one of them that I can pinpoint that I know, like, for me, didn't really work. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that didn't work for me. I'm thinking. I mean, she's the only one I can think of, like, right now. Well. Sorry. I know everybody's going to hate me now, but whatever. <laughs> well, I'm not really qu- one to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> tell me about it. The, qu- <laughs> the, the question you have to ask yourself, though, is, is it a performance critique or is it a character critique? Well, you know, I don't I think, think hers is her character because I love her character in The Clone Wars. I love Padme's sure. character. I but don't like her performance, but I don't think it's Natalie's fault. I think it is the writing and directing. That's what of I mean. Like, is she, is it her inability to perform that the pro, is it a performance thing from the actor's perspective or is it, that's the character George wrote and wanted to see on screen. So she was doing what he wanted her to do. I, I think that's it exactly becomes, it. That's, that's so that what becomes I was saying. A, so that becomes a character thing as opposed to a performance because she's performing to the best of her ability. The character, it's the character that you have a problem with. The portrayal of it. It's it, it's the writing of the character. It's not the yeah, yeah, yeah. character. It's the writing yeah, that's of what the I character. mean. But the character is its writing in essence. Yeah. Like I think about like when I think like he's an Oscar winning actor. I think he's amazing. I didn't care for his character was DJ. Mm. I just I didn't like him. He's like I just it wasn't for yeah. me. You yeah. know. But he but Benicio del Toro did a great job. I just didn't super love the character because right. the way that he was it just kind of took me out of it. I think and I feel similarly um, with the Padme deal with Rose because I really like Kelly Marie Tran and I think she has a lot of chemistry with her cast members, but I didn't like a lot of the dialogue that she had to read. Okay. Um, it like really disconnected me from her character, which sucks because I was really looking forward to her character. I felt that way about L3. But we've talked. We've, we've talked, talked about, about that. that. I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. That is definitely a writing problem, and that is, you know, something that I mentioned earlier. But anyways, yeah. I wonder how much of that was improv. Anyway, <sighs> um, so to answer the question, what is what a Star makes Wars performance? A great Star Wars acting performance. Um, I think that's a tough one because I think acting is acting, mm-hmm. regardless of the project. I think good actors are good actors. Um. As to what makes a good Star Wars one? I think it's difficult, too, because got- when you think of um, the prequels, the original trilogy, and now the sequel trilogy, um, obviously there were a lot of real sets and props and things in the prequels, but there was also a lot filmed on green screen with the actors. Yep. Um, and just mocap was brand new at the time. So, you know, working with a performer like Ahmed on, you know, on stage um, and not being able to see Jar Jar himself or sure. you know or some of the other characters like Lama Sue blah 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 um I think the that really arena. yeah I think that really affects an actor's performance just because like I'm not an actor but I know there's no way I could imagine the things <laughs> that they had to imagine in front of them like I just couldn't do that and so I think that's not particularly their fault I think that would be difficult for anyone but those I things think... do contribute to a poor acting performance when it's just super challenging. Whereas in the sequel trilogy, especially now, I think a lot of um, the great acting comes from being able to see, feel, touch sure. all the sure. things that, that that are around them, which is really I, cool. I would say the difficulty level is definitely cranked up to 11 in a green screen environment. But at mm-hmm. the same time, 
it's the actor's job to be able to perform under those conditions. Yeah. But like, it's difficult. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely difficult, but you either can do the job or not. You know what I mean? Like it it's I mean that sounds way harsher than you're I meant totally for it to. You're totally heartless. <laughs> yeah, I didn't it's just that's how it is. I mean, if you're going to do green screen acting, like you need to be able to do green screen acting. There are people who f- cannot do it. They just I can't. think a lot of people can't. And I'm I agree. okay with that cuz I don't I think agree. I mean, yeah, that's I their agree. job, yeah. but I think I, like, I would not want to see Daisy it. Ridley on a green screen the entire movie. I, I personally I don't know if she would be great at sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Like, but like if you're if you can't do it, then you shouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Because then the whole project suffers. It's like if you need a really emotional role, like if somebody else was going to play Ray and they couldn't cry, mm-hmm. you can't play Ray. That's just part of her arc in episode seven and eight. Mm-hmm. You need to have those emotions on your sleeve and able to bring them up when you can. Mm-hmm. That's the job. In the same sense that when you're on a green screen, you need to be able to envision those things. Like the moment where uh, Obi-Wan throws the spear at the Ackley and it breaks and he's got that like moment, mm-hmm. great moment. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Because Ewan McGregor is up to the task. He can yeah. make that believable, you know? Um, it, I think a Star Wars performance, I don't necessarily think it's different than anything else. I think it's an actor who's able to take the writing of Star Wars, which is very specific. You know, like Harrison Ford's famous quote, mm-hmm. you know, you can write this stuff, but you can't say it. Mm-hmm. If you can say it, and say it believably, mm-hmm. that's what makes a good Star Wars performance. If you can take yeah. the, the writing and the scenarios and what's going on and make it real through your emotions and actions, yeah. that makes a good Star Wars performance. I agree. I think it's it all depends on how you can immerse yourself in that world. And I guess that does yes. go back to the green screen thing. If you can play pretend in your head and imagine all these things and that's a great performance like you're going exactly. to give a great performance so yeah i guess that's what exactly. it comes down to is how big your imagination is how you can place yourself in scenarios that are just being described to you and exactly. i think it, i mean i think an, like be a good actor is what i think I'm like 95 percent <laughs> of the actors in star wars are able to do that you know absolutely Absolutely, because um, they're good. It boils down to just being a good actor. But it also comes down to the team. It, it, it it's yes, it's part of the actor's job, but also like the director has to help you through that. I'm sure. Like, you depends need, on the set. You because you get like the the Cohen brothers are really famous for actually almost never talking on set. So they like when you do like True Grit, Buster Scruggs, Hail Caesar, No Country for Old Men, like. The it's it's a director's style. I mean, George Lucas himself was like faster, more intense. That's all you got. But yeah, then there but, are other people like Ron Howard, which is very hands-on, right? And because he was an actor too, right? So there are people that are directors like, and actors. It it is a group effort. Like you have yes. to have good dialogue. You have to have Agreed. a great actor. You have to have a good director. Like absolutely, absolutely. Like every things. everything needs to be top of the top, right? But as far as like from the performance perspective. Like, you can have bad writing, and there's really nothing you can do about it. But if you can make that bad writing believable, that's a testament to your performance, to where bad writing can't even hold you back, because you can make that believable. You know, like, think about, like... I personally think some bad writing can't be believable, in my opinion. I think so as well. I mean, bad writing's bad writing. But there's, like, degrees of bad writing Mm -hmm. where you can make it make sense depending on the level. Like, the actor's ability versus the... uh, terribleness of the writing it can meet in the middle and where that middle line is if it's above bar or not Mm -hmm. is relative yeah to the to the work um i think we're on the same page 
Yeah. Like, you know, when you talk about, like, the thing about Star Wars performances is they're all great actors. I mean, dude, look at Luke in Episode Five. Like, Mark Hamill made a puppet seem like a Jedi Master. Like, that's insane mm-hmm. what he was able to do. Like, we all love Yoda because Mark Hamill made him real. That's a puppet. That's not a real thing. Frank Oz's hand is in it, and he's mm-hmm. moving it. Mm-hmm. But Mark Hamill made that because he's that good. Right. You know, so it's all, like, that's a good performance because given a puppet and a set, Mark Hamill made us believe we were on Dagobah with a Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. That's a good Star Wars performance. If that makes sense. I mostly agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's it's what our new I tagline. We mostly agree. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays. Uh, yeah. We're getting better, guys. Yeah. Because uh, that, that's another thing is like from from a director standpoint, it's very different per set. You get like, like so like I said, the Coen brothers will never say anything. Like Oscar Isaac talked about um, working with the Coen brothers the first time and inside Llewellyn Davis. He says the biggest compliment you'll get from them on set is, okay, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. They're not going to tell you what to do. You show up on set. You need to know your lines. You need to know the direction. And they're behind the camera. Yeah. If they say we're moving on, that means you got it. That's all you're getting on set. Yeah. Whereas Clint Eastwood will give you two takes and that's it. Stanley yeah. Kubrick would give you like 75 takes because he was just that methodical about it. So every You've director's also different. told me that like in your personal experience acting, you know, you knew you could do a performance, but in some cases the director wasn't uh, communicating well enough to, yes. for you to understand what the I've worked with great directors. Exactly. I've worked with great directors and I've worked with terrible directors. Same sense. Like yeah. I've had directors that knew exactly what they wanted and they can convey it to me in a way where I could perform accordingly. And then I've worked with directors who are the exact opposite. They'll be like, just do, just do this. And I'm like, okay, I'm not understanding what you're trying to say. Cause they're just right. bad at communicating. Well, that's the but thing. Then, the, the then it's not know. on the actor because you're doing the performance that you think you're hearing, but it's the problem sure. is the director is not communicating what they're thinking to you. Sure. But that's and where you meet in different pages. That's where you meet in the middle because then it is my job to talk to the director and be like, what's going on here? Right. You know what I mean? Like whatever's on screen, the shot and the composition is him. The performance is on me. I'm going to do the best of my ability and it's up to us to meet in the middle as far as communication goes. But at the end of the day, it's my performance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can, to an extent I can say, I did what he wanted. And then right. that and that absolves me a little bit of the guilt. But at the same time, I did it. I made choices. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like a weird, it's a weird business. Yeah, I kind of disagree, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just on set, it's like I, the I think actors both are going to do. just have to be good communicators. I agree. I think that's what makes a good Star Wars performance is they're able to take that script and those those words and those scenarios and make them real. And that's a testament to the actor's ability. Mm -hmm. So a a good Star Wars performance, uh, to answer the question now, (laughs) is (laughs) someone who's able to make Star Wars real. If they can can do that, that's a good Star Wars performance. Mm -hmm. And not everyone can do that, which is why we don't want everyone to be in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, I I also think this goes back to the thing that you say a lot about, like, I don't want to see your interpretation of Star Wars. I want to see Star Wars. And, like, everybody knows I was so excited to see Donald Glover play Lando. And then after seeing his performance, I felt like, like a few parts of his performance maybe a lot was, like, his like his Billy D impression yeah yep yep and that was not great so I think that's part of it too but we've talked about that before so I don't want to get like super into that but I think that's an example of like one that disappointed me 
Yeah. I can't I can't think of it. And that is on the actor. Whereas like the Natalie thing I feel like is not really on her, it's on the director and the right. writer. I think Natalie did exactly what George wanted her to. I, I think because because like <laughs> I mean not that you like it or not, but I think because she's talked about like even the way that she did her voice in episode one, that was on purpose because it, it was supposed to be no accent and like you can't really tell what she's talking. It was supposed to be very deadpanned, mm-hmm. and like that's not fun to listen to, but right. that's what George wanted. Right. Very like a kabuki style, you know, very still Japanese theater with the paint and the headdress and everything. It's like yeah. that's what he wanted. Is it fun to watch? No. And listen to, not so much. But yeah. that's what that's what the job was, yeah. and she performed very well because that's what it was. Right. You know, it's a weird. Our acting's weird. She just should have <laughs> said, "George, this is boring." <laughs> and then he'd be like, oh, "It's my vision. Get back in the street." <laughs> like, you, know, it's, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a, because that's the other thing. Like with recasting and stuff like that, like it's an actor's job to bring the vision to life to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the vision isn't that great. Yeah. Like that's what that's what I mean by DJ. Like I think Benicio del Toro is an amazing actor. I love Ryan Johnson. I love Episode Eight. The DJ thing was a little weird for me. Mm-hmm. And there's behind the scenes of like him doing the stuttering, and Ryan's like, "More, more, do it more." And mm-hmm. then he went even higher, and I was like, "Oh boy, I made it way worse." And he's like, "That's what I want." It's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, got it." It's art is relative. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that I say all the time is like, just because we don't like it doesn't make it bad. And that's something I feel like a lot of people are forgetting because yeah. art is relative. You know, there is no, like, I guess from a marketing standpoint, you can identify something as good or bad by sales and whatnot, but art is art. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I agree. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. I think we Moving covered, on. I think we covered all <laughs> facets of that. Actually. I hope so. <laughs> Just speaking off the, off the top of my dome. Um. Okay, the next question is, do you think Disney will have Star Wars weekends ever again? And if so, do you think Disney will invite slash allow the 501st, Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, and other Star Wars costuming clubs to come with their armor and gear? Can I answer this first? (laughs) Of course. Um, I don't ever think Star Wars weekends will be back in the way that we knew it. I think maybe, again, they'll do some sort of Star Wars event that they can put on in Galaxy's Edge that is very immersive. It will never be Star Wars Weekends as we knew it. I agree. And personally, I don't think Disney should ever invite those costuming clubs to participate in anything happening at the parks. Um, And I don't think they will ever allow costuming members to wear their armor and gear in the park just for fun like obviously like at star wars weekends you only could do it for the parade i remember some people got away with wearing their x-wing costumes in the park but they couldn't wear their helmet um you just couldn't wear your helmet and that's not a smart idea in my opinion i agree um but um yeah i don't think that will happen (laughs) and i don't think it should (laughs) I yeah, miss totally Star Wars agreed. weekends a lot. Like I miss Star Wars weekends so much. Yep. Um, but I think um, having Star Wars celebration around fills the void of that, and um, I think having Galaxy's Edge on both coasts will create the part of Star Wars weekends that I loved so much. I mean, the thing that I loved so much about Star Wars weekends was like going with friends, seeing the same people there every year, and. That's something I can do on my own. I can coordinate with my friends and say, hey, let's all go to Galaxy's Edge today. I don't need Disney to put on an event to make that happen. Um, That was a really cool part is that everybody came down no matter what and they all gathered around for this one important 
weekend every year but that's also something you can kind of plan yourself and have a great time at with galaxy's edge being there i think they'll put on special events um that take place in galaxy's edge that are possibly like separate ticketed events which would be super fun but i don't think it's going to be star wars weekends and as far as the costuming clubs go i don't think they should be involved at all personally well (laughs) we're pretty much agreed yeah. I agree. I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think it's ever coming back because we have Star Wars World now. Mm-hmm. Like it was a big deal before because we didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't have celebrations every year and mm-hmm. Star Wars World. Um, yeah. We do now, and I don't think we'll be involved because Disney has their own. Like before, it wasn't a regular occurrence thing. There weren't always Star Wars everywhere. So now yeah. they'll just use their own. And I think it's, it's different now because Disney is so protective over the Star Wars brand. That yep. they are very uh, hypersensitive over possible drama that's happening in Star Wars costuming clubs. And, you True. know, Disney is pretty good about keeping their cast members close lipped and professional at the parks and things like that. And, you know, they exactly. have a, a mandate that you have to follow. And I think a lot of costuming club members don't understand that brand integrity and nor do they care about it and that is something that is very important to disney so that's why i don't think costuming clubs will be invited back really because that's just potentially harmful to the brand in their opinion like it's yeah it's true it is unnecessary to a point uh i mean honestly i don't think I don't think it's unnecessary because I know the different costumes that Disney has and they don't have the costumes that the 501st has, um, the range of characters, but oh, for sure, it does come down to brand integrity and that is a problem in Star Wars costuming clubs and always will yeah, be. For sure. So, yeah. And in the park, like especially now where like Batu is in universe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like everything is, is real when you're right. there. You can't so you have don't... people walking around in costume because if... You know, Some Luke Skywalker kid. goes to the cantina get a, to get a drink. Like, if Disney's not cool with that, that's a problem. Or exactly, you know, there's just, it just creates a lot of problems. There's there's so much variables for things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're having just a random conversation about, you know, maybe something that kids shouldn't hear, and a yep. kid walks up to you at the wrong time, they're like, yep. <gasps> you know, yeah. and, Ahsoka and like, said what? Like, yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> yeah, a stormtrooper has talked about drinking all night. It's like yeah. you know, they're not going to police how you talk in the park. Right. So just, just avoid don't it. Have them. Yeah. Oh, entirely. Well, and that's why they're not allowing adults to dress up in Galaxy's Edge right now. That's just, that's Makes why sense. it's all about the brand integrity because it's the same thing. Um, like sometimes girls will want to go to Disney dressed up as the princesses and you can Disney bound and that's totally fine. But if you want to dress as a princess, it's not okay because, you know, a little kid might come up to you and think you are the real Cinderella and you might be saying things that do not match with the you know, Disney brand integrity and that creates a problem. So sure. It breaks the illusion. Yeah. At the very least it breaks the illusion, which is the whole point of Disney world. Right. And cast members are trained to say things that are like in universe or very much what that character would say. uh, And that's really important to them. And it's, I think that's important for Disney as a whole because that's what makes Disney so special. Um, Sure. When you meet certain characters, you really feel like you're meeting that character. And I think that's really cool. So I agree, but I, agree. I will say I loved Star Wars weekends when it was around. I miss it, but yeah, I think just realistically, I don't think it's, I don't think there's a place for it anymore. 
I don't think there's a need yeah. for it anymore. I think celebration really fills a lot of that need. Um, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Uh, this one is actually like two questions in one. So the first one oh is which Clone Wars scene or scenes would be 10 times better in live action? And then the second question huh. that is very similar is which Star Wars Rebels scene or scenes would be better in live action? Um, I think this is such a cool question. That's a really good one. And it's really hard to answer. <laughs> Um, Best scene. Here's 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 my thing. Okay, I have two. Okay, I'm gonna drop a bomb on Here you guys. Here we go. I'm gonna get Good. Let's do it. Here we go. So for the Clone Wars, uh, I'm just gonna pick an arc for my first one because I would love to see the story in live action. I would love to see the Umbara arc in live action. Um, you I think do it'd be love so cool Umbara to see arc. like a, a real uh, Pong Krell. I would love to see all those troopers actually there. I would love to see all the explosions like for real, and I just think that would be so cool. Um, a scene in particular would be Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order. That's mean. That would be so <laughs> heart crushing, but I want it. And similarly in Rebels, I would want to see that Ahsoka Vader bite in real life. Yeah. With like That's a good one. the mask broken and all that. It'd be so cool. Yeah. So cool. That's a really good question. It's a great question. I think I would just love to see all of hmm. Clone Wars and Rebels in live action. <laughs> Can we just do that? Scene. <laughs> um, let's see. Clone Wars, I would like to see uh, the Lost Missions. Mm. Yoda going to uh, the wellspring of the Force oh, and man. hearing Qui-Gon lead him by lights. Like, I think that's what I would want the most. Mm -hmm. um, just you know, to see Yoda learning is a really big deal. And to have Qui-Gon be the one teaching him is even more so. Mm -hmm. um, so probably that. I mean, Mortis would be pretty awesome to see in real life. That with would the be really With cool. the Griffins and yeah. like that. That'd be sweet. That would um, be super cool. So one of those for Clone Wars. I feel like you would pick Rebels? Jedi Knight for Rebels. It's my favorite moment of the whole series. Yeah. But it also would like, it'd come down to casting in that one. Mm -hmm. Like assuming that they got the perfect Kanan. Mm-hmm. You know who really That's what you exemplifies. Have to assume. You have to assume they yeah. they are literally picking the most perfect Them. person ever. That doesn't even exist, probably, to play then, those yeah. characters. Then yeah, probably Jedi Knight. Yeah, uh, Kanan's sacrifice because it's that is one of the most powerful moments in all of animation for me. Mm -hmm. It's insane, um, and exemplifies exactly what a Jedi is. So yeah, yeah, probably that. That's I been love my that like question, wallpaper. Though. I get goosebumps thinking about being able to watch certain animated scenes in live action. I think that would be yeah. so great. Who would you want casted as Ahsoka? Well, that's what I was just going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't Ashley, I would be heartbroken. And That's fair. Like, I just know, we've she and I have talked about this many, 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 many times. Like, if, if she were not cast as Ahsoka, not only would she be heartbroken, but I would be heartbroken. And I... Just because I know her personally and I love her as a person, like I would not want to see anybody else as Ahsoka. I think there are other people that would look more like Ahsoka in the face than she would, but that is her character and I would want her and ho her only to play that character. For the um, 
Vader Ahsoka fight scene in Rebels, it would be yes. really cool for Ashley to do that, but have to go through like all the stunt training and like, you know, months and months of hard work to do like all the cool flips and the jumps and like, you know, have the endurance to do all of that. That'd be super cool. That'd, yeah. That'd probably be like a dream job for her. What if she, that. what if you like got like a Darth Maul situation where oh she God. did the voice and somebody else did the body? Mm. I don't want that. Yeah. Honestly, I think um I think I would be okay if they used like prosthetics on her face or something to to change her look a little bit, but she has um been like done up in the Ahsoka paint and and costume and everything and she has a really good face for Ahsoka, especially like her nose, which I think is important. Um I'm not sure how it would translate into Rebels Ahsoka, but I feel like there's so much you can do with makeup and prosthetics to change the way you look. Um, I think she would be great as Clone Wars Ahsoka, as is, but I think for Rebels, I think they could make her, you know... Taller. You know, look a little different. Uh, I'm not even, like, concerned about the height, honestly. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of actresses on film and TV that are, like, my height, and I would never know. That's like, true. Scarlett Johansson's really tiny. Yeah, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot of actresses that are really small. Amelia Clark is only five two. She's yep, the same she's height tiny. as me, and and Ashley, and you know, I don't think she ever looks super short. I think she looks very like she looks petite, but not short. Um, and I think there are ways to kind of get around that. But I would just yeah. love to see Ashley as Ahsoka, just because I know how happy that would make her. That'd be so cool. I agree. I agree. But yeah, I know it'd a lot be, of people that wouldn't synergy. want her to be Ahsoka just because they would want someone that looks different. I think they would want her as the voice, but I think they would want someone who looks different. But personally, I know that that would crush her heart so much, and I would never want that to happen to her. <laughs> That's I would fair. Want, I would want her to play Ahsoka, or I would want there to be no live-action Ahsoka at all. Like, those are those are my options. It has to be her, or just don't do it. All right. That's just how I feel. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, she's your friend, so yeah. that's how you should feel. Yeah. Yeah. I but can, I but I, I think that. there are plenty of actresses that would do Ahsoka justice. I, I think, think there's there probably one. <laughs> really? Out, outside of Ashley, yeah. Who is it? Uh, Rosario Dawson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like her a lot, and she's in a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. And she's got that, like, she can be vulnerable, but also, like, a badass Mm-hmm. Like I like Rosaria Dawson a lot since like mm-hmm. the rundown, mm-hmm. and then in Sin City she was awesome. Like I don't know, I think Rosario's cool. See, I've seen but Ashley also... in like serious taking care of business mode. She could right. Do it. Whereas everybody See, sees her as like happy Ashley Eckstein at signings, and that's ninety nine percent of her attitude. But I've also seen her like very serious, get down to business. Ashley you know where Eckstein. the bodies are hidden is what you're saying. Basically, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will but, say even if Rosario Dawson did it, it would have to be Ashley's voice though. Yeah. Like oh, I would yeah. I would not accept no. anyone but Ashley as the voice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Do I you agree. think that's a possibility of getting a live action Ahsoka one day? Like you really think that's on the table? <sighs> yeah, I think so. Yeah? I think so. I think it's just a matter of time. All right. Dave would have to be involved, right? Well, like, duh. <laughs> he, like he would have to be the one. What if... There's a tiny cameo of her in The Mandalorian. Well, honestly, that's what I would expect. I would expect an Ahsoka cameo before Ahso- an Ahsoka feature. 
Oh, man. Um, I don't know if she'd be in The Mandalorian, though. But if if they did, I would literally poop on myself. And I would be like, <laughs> Ashley, is this you? Because, <laughs> I mean, she is, you know, wandering the galaxy at this point looking for Ezra. Yeah. As far as we know. So there's no reason why she couldn't be in the background of a cantina asking questions. I think that's a possibility. But I also think Dave is going to play the long game and keep us. Yeah, like, I think so, too keep something dangling and us wishing for it. I don't think we're going to get that very soon. I don't think we're going to know a whole lot about Ahsoka too soon. That might be in a couple years. I agree. Personally. I agree. But I mean, it could totally happen. It could happen in the Cassian series too. Yeah. That's true. Cause she was involved with Mm -hmm. Bale Mm -hmm. from the Ahsoka book. So, and that would be maybe. Yeah. That would be super cool. So I agree. I would love that. But yeah, great question. Really great question. Yeah, it was. Um, Okay, next question. Next question. This one's a little long, so pay attention. Um, Oh, boy. Here we (laughs) go. This one says, (laughs) we see Kylo talking to the Vader mask in The Force Awakens. We don't see it talk back. But what if it was talking and communicating with Kylo? And with the reveal of Palpatine's laugh in the Episode Nine trailer, what if it's Sheev who has possessed the mask and is pretending to be Vader to influence Kylo? We learn in the comics that Sith can't be full force ghosts, but can possess items after death. I've said this exact same thing <clears throat> in the in the episode nine thing. Yeah. That we did with Christian Bates. I totally agree with everything that was just said. You think that he could have possessed that mask? Yep. I think he's talking to Kylo through the mask as Darth Vader. Hmm. Yep. Because like what else would what else would make sense? He says, Show me again the power of the dark side. Mm-hmm. So that mask has showed him something before. We know that Anakin was redeemed, so it isn't Anakin doing it. Unless it's Snoke messing with him. Mm-hmm. Which up until now, we're like, okay, maybe Snoke was you know, doing some dark side stuff in the next room over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that we know Palpatine's there, and we haven't got to it yet in the Patreon thing, but like Lord Moman is a really big deal in the Darth Vader comic series. Mm-hmm. And that is all about that uh, Sith... Uh, like sticking around to artifacts and that's been around since it, in like the Knights of the Old Republic was all about it. There's the scene in the lost missions with Darth Bane. That's his spirit attached to the tomb. Mm-hmm. Like that's how the Sith kind of stick around. They just the essence of their spirit mm-hmm. sticks to things like a Horcrux. So yeah, I think that's totally what's happening. I guess so. i don't really have a a particular preference if they did that i'd be totally cool with it but i don't really if um, they don't cool it's like i always say star wars i just want it to make sense yeah not not to me in universe i don't want to be like wait a second they said this and that doesn't like who was talking to him Mm -hmm. just just show me who that is it's palpatine cool it's not cool just let me know who it is Mm mm-hmm I I would be okay with it. I don't really think about that a whole lot, but I I do. I like the I know you do. I like the idea. <laughs> though. I'm cool with it. That was easy. Yeah. All right. Boom. I guess that's it for that one. <laughs> I don't yeah. really have a lot to say. <laughs> Just we agree. We agree. Yep. Same. Um the next question is Will we see Black Spire Outpost in a future film or a series? It seems like an awesome way to market the Galaxy's Edge Park even hmm. further and to add to its mystic nature. Um, dudes, I would bet money that Batu shows up in episode nine. Like I would bet really right now. Yeah. For real. Huh. For real, for do you real. Th- do you think that's what they're flying toward in that one little scene thing with the ship going toward that like I feel like dark the movie's gonna start thing? on Batu. 
Oh. I feel like Ray is going to be on Batu. You know what? You've read Black Spire, so you might have a little more context. Well, not even in regards there. to um, the book, but in the park right now, the the what's happening in the park right now is set between episodes eight and nine, and Kylo and Ray oh. are both there. Oh, so yeah. Okay, that makes sense. It's canon, like it's part I, of I the story, that. and that's why. Like I was talking with Charlotte and Caitlin about this from Sky Talkers because they just got Black Spire. They just started reading it. We didn't really discuss the book a whole lot, but we were like discussing what is going to happen with the park. Is it going to evolve after episode nine is over? Will it stay the same? Will All it just right. stay in that time frame or will it just change? And I don't know. Like, but I, I really do think we're going to see Batu in episode nine. I think Disney loves tying things together with marketing, and I would be seriously shocked if it is not in or at least mentioned in episode nine. I would be truly shocked. Yeah. I mean, it was mentioned in Solo. Yeah, it was. L3 says you wouldn't make it to Black Spire without me, so. Yeah. Mm. I really do think it's going to be in the movie. Might not be like a super important part of the movie, but I think it's going to be there. That would be pretty cool. Be I'd, cool be down, I'd be down with it. I don't it. want it shoved down my throat. Like, I don't want to <laughs> spend 80% of the movie on Batu or blah, blah, blah. But um, I think seeing uh, some of it would be really cool. I, I, You know the picture that they shared at the panel of, like, the falcon and they're in, like, the forest and, like, Ray and uh, I think, like, Chewie and the droids were all there. You know, it's like a group of them. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's Batu, in my opinion. All right, I'm down with that. I feel like it's Batu. I know nothing about Batu. Like, I haven't read Black Spire. I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge. I haven't really been following it that closely because I just get, oh, man, I really want to go there, but that's not going to be anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like am more about the merch. Like, give me those chance cubes. Um, but <laughs> I would love <laughs> I, I would love to see that Yeah. Batu in Episode Nine. Like, just a little thing. Like, oh, what? We can go to a planet that was in a Star Wars movie? Like, I think that'd be really cool. And it would, yeah, that'd be great synergy. Tie it all together with the release of the book being in August, the movie in December. The park opens in Florida in August. It all kind of, you know what? I think the book and the park opens the same day in Florida. Um, Yeah, I think you're right. Look at that synergy, huh? I wish the book had come out before the one in Disneyland opened. Like I, because... It really adds so many cool things to the story. And it would cool. be cool to read that book and then go to Black Spire. Like, I just think it would be so cool. I agree. It'd be super cool. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just have a very strong feeling that it will be in the movie. I think it'd be cool if it was. Yeah. All right, next question. So next question. This one says, the Hondo Anaka animatronic that is a part of the Falcon ride at Galaxy's Edge is the most advanced in Disney history. Do you feel like we will be getting more stories about him in future TV shows in order to fil- familiarize people who don't know about him? Uh, it's a lot of investment that the company put into the animatronic, and since he's not, or it says, and he's a character that's not as widely known as others. Um, can I go first? Mm, of course. <laughs> Ladies first. I think it's not really a big deal if people know about him. And I haven't I watched the um the ride. Like I haven't watched the walkthrough of the Falcon ride. Same. Uh and I probably won't. I just wanted to Same. do it myself. Um, Same. 
I just don't think it's important. Like, when you ride Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, none of those characters are known by name except for the new Jack Sparrow animatronic. Like, there are very few characters in various, you know, Disney rides that are, like... Universally known? Right. And it doesn't... I don't think it matters. I don't either. I mean, Doc Ondar. Nobody knows who that is. Who cares? And he's in Betu, and he's a giant authorian yeah you know so yeah i don't think uh i don't think so i mean i, I think, think people are going to get to know him from the ride i think they will maybe put I, like i think Honda wanaka is on the table to be in a star wars live action tv show at some point but that i don't, would be so cool like i think that could happen but i don't think it would happen to just make people familiar with his character because I agree. People should be familiar with this character if you're a Star Wars fan. Sorry, but I agree. He's in, and if not, he's in two just different shows. He's not just like in one episode of one show. That is true. So that would be pretty amazing to see him in the Mandalorian. See, that's one. Get Jim Cummings to be in the Mandalorian as Hondo. It's all prosthetics anyway. Mm. That'd be really cool. Um, (laughs) i think it'd be cool (laughs) sure Um, yeah so that's that Hmm. yes and no and it doesn't really matter yeah and it'd be cool yeah yeah boom okay all right so this is the last question we have and this is actually going to spark um probably a larger conversation so oh boy um, Here we go. The question is Star Wars Celebration Anaheim suggestions Ooh. on hotels, things to do to prep for California. And they said Chicago was my first celebration and I'm really excited about going to Anaheim. So right on. you probably didn't miss the news because it's been everywhere. But Star Wars Celebration is returning next year in Anaheim from October or not October <laughs> from August from October no, till the end. No, nope, from August 27th <laughs> to 30th. I have no idea why I just said October. No clue. What is what's August? Going on? August, Where's your head at? <laughs> August 27th to the 30th in Anaheim. And I was just telling Brian before we started to record that I was really excited to talk about this because I used to live in Anaheim and I'm really familiar with the convention area. Um, It's right next to Disneyland. So I used to go there a lot. Um, I've been to Star Wars Celebration there before. I've been to two Wonder Cons there and I've been to D23 all in the same convention center. So uh, throughout all of those different conventions, I have really found like the best places to eat and like you know the best places to stay and whatnot so um I figured we could talk about this for a few minutes and I'm just going to share some of my tips and tricks and I think Brian has some tips and tricks to share from what he learned from the last celebration in regards to hotel rooms (laughs) my tips and tricks are to listen to what Savannah says (laughs) okay (laughs) you are the queen of this so tickets go on sale um June 21st at 9 a.m. PST, and then the hotels go on sale at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So, real quick, um, the Anaheim Convention Center is amazing. Let me tell you, they just expanded it. I don't really think Celebration will use that expanded area, um, but it is a very large convention center. It's very well laid out. It's gorgeous. The weather in Anaheim is most of the time always beautiful. It's going to be warm. (laughs) It's going to be warm. It's going to be hot, but it's going to be beautiful. 
Um, yep. And the way that it's set up is the Anaheim Convention Center is, you know, let's like let's say it's like in one spot. The there are two main hotels right next to it. So picture uh, like a a short street, and the Anaheim Convention Center is at the end of the street. And on each side of the street by the convention center is the Marriott Hotel and the Hilton Hotel. I have stayed in the Hilton before. I have not stayed in the Marriott, but I've heard great things about it. Um, both hotels have a bar in the lobby, and that's where a lot of people hang out. Um, like me. Yeah, a lot of people hang out there. You can get food. You know, you don't have to drink. They have, like, food and stuff there, too. But it's just, like, a very social environment. Both of those hotels are, are great, great places to socialize with people. The Hilton has a full Starbucks in the lobby. Um, and... Literally, when you walk out of the Hilton or the Marriott, you can walk to the convention center in less than 60 seconds. Like, it is right there. It's right there. And typically, they have security, um, metal detectors and stuff outside of the convention center. Um, It's very easy to go through. If you want to stay in a hotel close by, those two are great. And then there's also another hotel called the Sheraton, um, and it's... It is like another 60 seconds away. Like it is so, so, so close. It's just like a tiny bit further away. I've stayed there as well um, and it's amazing. The only thing about the Sheraton is that with the way the hotel is set up, I've gotten lost in there a couple times before just because it's a little (laughs) confusing. There's like a few different outdoor courtyards and to get to your room at least where I had stayed before I got a little turned around whereas I've never gotten turned around in the Hilton or the Marriott so Ah. um the Sheraton was amazing great rooms great service great amenities just I personally got a little turned around so that might not be a big problem but um all the hotels right there are great um there are a lot of restaurants close by I felt like in Chicago um first of all the snow situation made it a a little more difficult to like walk somewhere and get dinner (laughs) but um tell me about it you know i i I personally ate in the hotel lobby a lot they didn't have a ton of options um the hotel food in anaheim is great and the anaheim or the um the hilton has a small food court so they have like a i think they have like a sabaro pizza and they have um, a Baja Fresh Express, so you can get, like, tacos and stuff. It's pretty inexpensive, so if you're, like, on a budget, but you don't want to pack your own food, there's that. Um, right down the street, within walking distance, is um, a CVS. So if you need snacks, water, first aid kits, whatever, you can get that, Um Pretty much everything is within walking distance, in my opinion. Um, If you are planning to go to Disneyland during the same trip, um, if you're staying by the Anaheim Convention Center, there is a walkway. You just, like, cross the street, um, and then there's a a little walkway that will take you through the um, Disneyland Hotel, and then it'll take you through downtown Disney, and then you will be at the park. So it's, like, a five- to ten-minute walk. It's beautiful. It's very safe, very clean very family friendly you're not walking through like a sketchy street um and it's super close by so uh for most people I don't really think you need to rent a car or anything nearby to do stuff 
Um, there's a Denny's really close within walking distance. There's a great uh, little like diner type restaurant called Coco's. They have really great pie. They have all kinds of different foods. They have salads, sandwiches, burgers, whatever. They have like everything. Um, and then down the street, it's a little bit further away. So you would want to Uber to here probably, but it's not super far. It's like maybe a five minute drive. Um, there is an area where there's a massive Target and there are a few bigger chain restaurants. So there's an Outback, a Red Robin, um, I think a Joe's Crab Shack, and maybe a couple other places. And that's not far at all. It's in a very safe area. Um, so there are so many things nearby that you can do. Um, a lot of great places to eat. A lot of great local places to eat as well within walking distance, um, all kinds of different food. Um, I was going to say something else. I forgot what I was going to say. The convention center itself has two coffee stands that I know of. Um, they're pretty expensive. So I would recommend um, going to the Starbucks in the Hilton lobby in the morning. And like if you have the Starbucks app, like you can you know, use reward points or at least accumulate rewards points. Whereas uh, one or two of the coffee stands in the convention center is just like some random off brand coffee place. They have great coffee, but Mm -hmm. it's not like you're really racking up any rewards and it's going to be more expensive than Starbucks. Um, But the hotel situation there is great. And on that little tiny street that is leading up to the convention center, um, they bring in food trucks every day. So if you want to just run out of the convention center, grab food real quick, eat in the sunshine, and then go back inside, it's really great because you get a break from the crowds. You get to warm up a little bit if you're cold inside the convention center. You get some sunshine, you get some fresh air, and you get really great food. So they typically have like 10 different food trucks, and they are a little bit pricey, so I don't eat there every day, but it's very convenient, and if you just kind of plan for your trip if you want to try the food trucks every single day just plan to spend probably $15 on your lunch every day that's what I would budget um uh but they always have really cool food trucks they have like taco places pizza places um sometimes there's like little cupcake places like to get dessert smoothies salads like there's a really wide variety and it's fun because if you're with friends you can be like oh I'm gonna go run down to the pizza truck real quick and then your friend will be like oh I'm gonna go get the barbecue truck and then you can all just find a place to sit nearby there's not um they usually have like a few standing tables um but there's a lot of just like concrete um like not barriers, but there's like concrete benches and stuff you can sit on and eat your food. There's a really big, beautiful fountain there. That's where a lot of people take their group photos. If they're in like costuming clubs or if they're organizing a meetup, you can do it by the fountain. It's like right in the center. You can't miss it. Um, But I just, I love the Anaheim Convention Center. And when you are facing the convention center, if you take a right between the Hilton and the convention center, there's a really long pathway it's a very wide pathway and it's shaded and there's like beautiful palm trees there lots of seating it's typically I think like some of it's a smoking area so if you're sensitive to that like some parts are a smoking area or if you are a smoker that's where you can go but um, a lot of photographers will set up their strobes and stuff there and take pictures of cosplayers because it's a little more secluded usually has really great lighting and really nice backgrounds Um, so that's super cool if you're like into photography or if you are a cosplayer that's where a lot of them tend to hang out Um, but the convention center itself is just 
really great. And there's so much to do there. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that I recommend. I have to think. But in general, it's a very easy place to get around. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Um, if you're flying in, uh, obviously LAX is a major airport. Um, but LAX is not super close to Anaheim and depending on when you fly in you are most likely going to get stuck in rush hour traffic which is not fun at all Mm -hmm. so I highly recommend it it might cost you a little bit extra money on your flight but it's going to end up being the same whether you uber rent a car or get a shuttle like in the the difference of cost so you might get a cheaper flight flying into LAX but if you fly into the John Wayne airport in Orange County it is like a 15-minute drive to um, the Anaheim Convention Center. And sometimes there's a little bit of traffic, but it's not going to be as bad as going from L.A. to Anaheim. So your flight into John Wayne might be a little more expensive than if you flew into LAX just because it's a very small airport, but it's very convenient. Um, You would spend significantly less on an Uber or a shuttle or whatever to the Anaheim Convention Center. It's a very clean airport, very, very great airport. And if you leave from John Wayne, you don't have to factor in as much time to go through security because it is such a small airport. Um, Honestly, I've, I think the longest I've waited in line for security there, and I used to fly out of there all the time. I think I maybe waited 10 minutes to go through security, and that was the most amount of time I've ever spent there. Whereas if you go to LAX, you have to factor in all the time to get there, all the time to wait in security lines and it's just like a giant hassle so if you want to really maximize your time in Anaheim I would say fly in and out of John Wayne it, it it's just like so wonderful um so I really recommend that airport but like I said it it is a little more expensive but if you just keep an eye on flights you you may actually find something cheaper than LAX I've done that several times but you have to plan it right and be really good at like finding good flight deals um but it's just uh, a lot less stressful and a lot more enjoyable so I recommend that but Brian the <laughs> last celebration Brian got an Airbnb yeah away I mean, from the convention center to save money which a lot of people do yeah it was like a mile away it wasn't bad it was a mile away not bad but it was not in the snow. The best, it was a little more complicated. But it was not That's the best. true. And yeah. Brian didn't realize, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't realize this, because why would you? But when you book a hotel room, you're not paying for the hotel room up front. They charge you for the hotel like maybe three weeks before your reservation. Yep. So, um, basically, what I'm getting to is like for Celebration Chicago. I stayed in a hotel room right next to the convention center with my mom. And had I stayed by myself, I would not have done it because it's so expensive. But if you split the room with a friend or a couple friends, it's very affordable. So I ended up spending the same amount of money that Brian spent on an Airbnb that was a mile away. And I was five steps from the convention center. So if you plan it right, um, (laughs) you can, you know, spend the same amount of money and and have much better amenities and and just convenience so what I'm getting to is even if you don't have a friend right now to like split the room with you I would say go ahead and book a room when they go on sale 
in the next week because you can always cancel it and you won't get charged. If you decide in six months, hey, I don't even want to go to celebration, then you can cancel it. You're fine. Um, and, you know, even eight months down the road, if you don't have someone to split a room with you, people are going to be asking closer to, hey, does anybody have a room I can stay in? Hey, can anybody, does anybody have a free bed? Like it always happens, always happens. Um, and you can kind of like secure your room and then coordinate with people and be like, oh, did you get a room? No, well, you can stay with me or, oh, did you get a room? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I'll cancel mine. Can I stay with you or vice versa? And then you can split the cost and it really becomes super cost efficient. If you were splitting a room with three other people, I mean, you would be spending just two to three hundred bucks on a room for the entire length of the convention. And you would have the ability to take stuff back to your room after you buy it. When you're at the convention center, you can go back and take a quick break if you need to or take a quick shower or just rest. Um, Whereas when you stay farther away, it's a lot more difficult to do that because it's more of a hassle to get an Uber, go there, walk, uh, get your rental car, whatever. Like it's just a pain in the butt. Um, so I just say book a hotel, have it secured. If you end up not needing it or not wanting it, it's totally fine. They're not going to charge you and it's easy. So that's what I recommend doing. Yeah. And like splitting an Airbnb with friends is super, super fun. Um, but also, like, if you're just trying to be cost efficient, don't feel like you can't stay at a hotel because it's expensive because there are ways to do it and not spend a ton of money. So True. Like, I remember when I started looking at Chicago hotels, I was like, holy crap, this is so expensive. There's no way I can stay in those. And then when um, I was thinking about, like, going and then staying with my mom and splitting the cost with her, I was like, oh, this is totally doable. Like, it's a lot less overwhelming when you're splitting the cost with someone or multiple people. Um, and it's more fun, in my opinion, to be hanging out with friends. Yeah. So, I think those yep. are like all my big tips for Anaheim, but Anaheim is just super great. Um, I highly recommend going to Disneyland if you're there. And if you're, you know, if you can't f- afford to go to the park or if you don't want to go to the park, there's so much to do at downtown Disney that's really fun. There's a lot of great shops. They have the Void VR experience there. Um, and right now the Star Wars one is still there. So you might be able to do that next year as well. There's a lot of great restaurants. They have like the Rainforest Cafe there. They have the Earl of Sandwich. They have like a really great pizza place, like a super great pizza place. Um, they have like a little bakery. There's like so many amazing things there. They have um a salt and straw ice cream shop so there's so much to do and uh, my mom and I are usually pretty good about packing our own snacks when we go to celebration rather than buying food in the convention center and because the CVS is so close you can walk there buy a couple bags of groceries if you need to and then walk back and it's going to save you a lot more money and you'll just be able to throw snacks in your backpack throughout the weekend so I highly recommend doing that Um, I also think there's a FedEx in the lobby of the Hilton. So if you happen to buy anything that you can't take back with you, you can always ship it home. Um, And it's really convenient because it's right in the lobby of that hotel. So, yeah. I agree. I had to do that for Celebration Anaheim uh, last time. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I bought a lot of stuff and I can't get it home. (laughs) I packed half a suitcase for that very reason. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember what I bought. Uh, I don't remember, but I bought something and I was like, well, can't take this on the plane. And I knew it when I bought it and I was like, I'll just ship it. But anyways, it's super exciting that Celebration is going to be in Anaheim because, um, 
there's just so much to do there. The weather will be beautiful. There will be no blizzards. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, it'll be hot, but I like hot weather, so that's fun for me. Um, but like, if you are worried about the weather being super hot, if you're a cosplayer that, um, you know, is worried about having to be outside uh, in costumes and stuff, uh, there is a lot of shaded areas around, and I don't, I don't think I've. I, I was trying to think if there's ever been a situation where you have to line up outside in Anaheim. The only time I've seen people lined up outside in Anaheim waiting to get into a convention center was for D23. And I think it was because the doors weren't open yet. Whereas for Celebration, they're really good about queuing people up inside. So I wouldn't let the heat aspect scare you if you are someone that's wearing like a really heavy-duty costume. Um, There's... Uh, a lot of shaded places to go hang out if you need a break from the convention center. And even the lobby of the convention center is super chill, um, very spacious, and you can kind of get away from the crowds if you need to. There are definitely places to go and just, like, take a breather if if you are uncomfortable or overwhelmed in really crowded situations. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great time. Um, I think this is the best place they can have celebration, in my opinion, just because of the convenience of everything. And I'm saying mm-hmm. that over Orlando, which is where I'm from. So wow, yeah, no. bold. Orlando is super great too, but Anaheim. I mean, those food trucks, ugh, it's so good. <laughs> food trucks are great. The food inside the Hilton lobby is great. It is just the best. Yeah, the best. And we're definitely going to do a meetup again. Sweet. We have cool. really exciting plans for swag this year, like super exciting plans for swag yeah we do very very exciting i think we're actually gonna try to get on the podcast stage we're gonna try Yikes. it's um, gonna be bonkers yeah so you'll see fun. us disagree in person yeah yay. and you'll see that i really don't ever have show notes <laughs> i will have like a spreadsheet <laughs> on the table in front of me and i will vow here and now to not look at them once for your entertainment friends I will stab you in the eye with a pencil. (laughs) Then I really won't be able to see them. (laughs) I'd be like, you don't want to look at the show notes? Fine. You'll never look at anything again. Best podcast ever. Oh, my goodness. I went to the Dorky Diva Show panel and like, Savannah stabbed Brian in the eye. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Instant Uh, infamy. Yeah. Um, Also, the cost of things in Anaheim is very comparable to... Chicago. Um, I felt like the food prices in Chicago were pretty much the same as things in Anaheim will cost. So just beware of that when you start budgeting for your trip. Um, And like I said, if you are going somewhere, like if you're going from LAX to Anaheim, you might be like, oh, it's only 12 miles. It's going to take you forever. Like when I lived in Anaheim, I commuted not even to LA. I commuted to an area called City of Industry. My commute every day was only 12 miles. And it took me over an hour to get there every day and about an hour and a half to get home every day. It was horrible. And I was going against the traffic. I was not going with the flow of rush hour. I was actually going to the place where nobody goes. (laughs) So um, just really factor that in when you uh, plan for your travel accommodations that traffic sucks and you can't avoid it. There's no special trick. There's going to be traffic at 3 (laughs) a.m. Like, there's always traffic. Um, 
and just keep that in mind, especially with you factoring the cost of Ubers or Lyfts, um, any sort of ride share thing, because you will be in that car for a while and it's going to cost you some money. Jeez. So just be aware. Be aware. Be aware. Plan accordingly. Uh, but, I mean, don't let that scare you because, like I said, if you fly into John Wayne, it's very convenient. I flew into John Wayne um, at 10 a.m. for WonderCon uh, this year, and it only took me 12 minutes to get to the convention center. So, Not bad. It was really Not great. Bad and then I, I left on a Sunday at 5 p.m. and got there in even less time. So... Uh, yeah. Very doable. Cool. I'm so excited, though. I freaking love that area. It's so great. Yeah. It is the best. The best. And their dinner, their Denny's there is actually really good and very clean. I ate there during oh. WonderCon this year, and I was shocked at how clean the entire place was, and the service was great, and the food was actually really great. So, um, if you're on a tight budget, you can eat at Denny's super cheap. Um, and you can actually get some really good food. So I was highly impressed with them. There are a lot of other places to eat around there if you're not into Denny's. <laughs> but I like it. Love me some pancakes at 9 p.m. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Waffles are better. Do you have any okay. tips about celebration that you learned from Chicago that you think people should know about? Um, I mean, you pretty much covered everything. Um, the... No. <laughs> I mean, as we get closer and as things get announced, we'll yeah. obviously be I talking mean, about it. I mean, we're definitely going to do like a straight up celebration podcast like we did last yeah. year, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as it stands, I mean, I think you covered all the bases, even bases I didn't even know was there. Just something to note as well the four day passes are 195 for adults. Yeah. Um, in Orlando, the last they did a four day celebration, the passes were 150. And mm-hmm. in Chicago for five days which was like really like four and a half days it was 215 so prices are definitely going up but it's worth it in my opinion especially for this area um, i agree did you see the vip prices hmm. this time yeah <laughs> nine hundred dollars you guys are psycho you guys are so psycho. They were, i would never they were pay 600 that. yeah they were 600 last time yeah. now they're 900 i would never pay that i feel like the perks are totally not worth it it's a 50 percent increase it's insane Mother of God. No, you know what's insane? They sell the badges as a set in the celebration store, and it's all but one. Yep, all but that one, the one that you wanted. <sighs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about this real quick. Uh, <laughs> recently, uh, everybody that had purchased Celebration Chicago tickets, after Celebration was over, we all got an email saying, hey, we're still selling Celebration merch. You waited yep. in line for eight hours for nothing because you can just buy it online from the comfort of your home. Well, um, they didn't say it like to that. Be fair. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they were only selling what was left. So a lot of stuff was sold out because I've been looking. They had a like, lot of stuff that wasn't there. They had like most of the shirts, like all small and mediums were sold out. They only had large and extra large. Um. They had like, you know, the magnets and stuff and like the merchandise there. But as far as like the shirts, mm. most of the sizes were already sold out. Mm. I know because I tried to get a shirt and I was like, oh, cool. I missed this one. And then they only had it in large and extra large. Interesting. That yeah. happens every year. But this year they had a lot more available because nobody yeah. could get into that store. 
That's true. But I think they tried out a lot of new things in Chicago that either went really well or went really bad. And I think it's good because now they can take those ideas, stick with the things that went well, and then fix the things that didn't go well. Yep. So hopefully... They're learning. Hopefully it'll be good. Um, I'm excited. And I just feel like, uh, for me personally, there's so much to do in Anaheim that if Celebration is... Like, I would never leave Celebration because it's stressing me out. But if if you're in a family that, you know, maybe half the people are really into Star Wars and the other half are maybe not so much into Star Wars, there's so much for everyone to do there. Um, yep, like true. There's, there are just so many things. Or if you want to make an entire week vacation out of it and do Celebration for the four days and then go do other stuff for another three or four days, there, there are so many things to do. Um, so... I think people are going to have a lot of fun. I'm just so thrilled that it's going to be back. And I, I think I, I would expect Disney to do a separate ticketed event for Galaxy's Edge probably in the night before Celebration starts. Uh, it, like the Galactic Night stuff? Yeah. And personally, mm-hmm. like I've been to a couple of those before. And um, they have been gifts to me. Like my mom has taken me before as like a gift. Um if sure. I had to pay out of pocket for those things, in my opinion, sometimes it's not worth it. I feel like some of the events have been worth it, other times not. So I think if they happen to do that and announce more of the details, we'll talk about it more and see kind of like and talk about, you know, if we think it's worth the cost, basically, because they're kind of expensive. But Okay. Just my point of view. Now we know. Now you know. Okay. I think that's it for this show. <laughs> Yeah, that's all of them? All the questions, all the things? All the things. We did it. We did it. And we only fought 10 times. Which is a new record for us, honestly. She only threatened to stab me in the eye with a pen once. once. So we're making improvement, people. Mm-hmm. You just got to stand your ground mm-hmm. and duck and just be aware of Savannah's hands at all times. Mm-hmm. It's it's not hard mm-hmm. here. It's really not. No, it's not. It's not at all. No, nope. keeps me on my toes. <laughs> We did it. <laughs> uh, Brian, where can people find you online? People can find me on the internet at Jedi Brian everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, at patreon.com slash Jedi Brian, there's like four exclusive shows. I've just been like pumping out content there. Pumping um, it. So that's a, pumping it. Um, pump it. So there's pump that. Pump um, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> just uh, also look up the interesting podcast on iTunes. If you search my name, Brian Balance, that's balance with two L's, you'll find it. And uh, got some really cool, really cool people on there recently. I think you'll really dig. Mm-hmm. So check that out. Where can people find you? You can find me everywhere at the Dorky Diva. My website is thedorkydiva.com. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at dorkydivashow at gmail.com and we will answer your questions on the show. If you want to tweet us, you can do that at dorkydivashow on Twitter. Um, and if you would like to support us on patreon you can do that at patreon.com slash the dorky diva um we want to say a very special thank you to all of our current patrons and those people are anthony ben brandon brian chris daz dan daryl devin jared jen marie jc jim katie michael samir shuri sherry and tom thank you all so much for your support thank you um we Finally got back to the microphone to do our Darth Vader comic series episodes, and I confess that it is totally my fault for the massive delay. 
It's my favorite part. Yep. So um, if you have been following that series and you were sad that we were, I was lazy and didn't do it for two months, <laughs> um, we're back. And there's a new episode on Patreon now. We hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm so sorry about the delay. We will be back to our normal schedule now. We'll we'll post a new episode every two weeks, so it'll like fill in the gaps between the main show. Um, yeah. And we will finish that comic series soon, and then we're going to talk about a lot more stuff. So... We're doing yep. it. Patreon.com slash the Dorky Diva. Um, we have a very exciting show planned for our next episode of the main show. We're going to have a couple special guests on. And we are very much looking forward to it. So until then, may the force be with you. And Godspeed, Rebels. Rebels.